Hey everybody, welcome to the Extraordinary Family Life Podcast. We are your hosts, Greg and Rachel Denning. And today, actually coming to you from Turkey. That's Turkey. We are in Turkey, the country Turkey. Which it's not really Turkey actually, because it is Turkey. Turkey. It's not Turkey. And it's a beautiful, beautiful day after some very stormy days. So we're just sitting here looking out over the balcony. Blue skies and mountains and coastline. Oh, it's beautiful. Anyways, uh, after the episode we did on health and wellness, we got lots, lots of questions, lots of follow-up. So thanks, you guys, for the follow-up questions. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring. And, uh, man, we got all kinds of stuff to hit today from... From what about you know milk and dairy and lactose stuff? What if you're lactose intolerant? What kind of snacks do you eat? What what do you buy specifically? What recipes do you use? Um, Actually, I want to share. What about lactose? Oh, I already said that. Lactose intolerance. What about eating meat sparingly? What about food storage and storing grains? And what to store? And even I want to throw in a little bit of a like a little medical kit that everyone should have with with medicines and and supplements and vitamins. You can have and should I think every family should have with them all the time and it's been super helpful for us so I'll, I'll share that too what what are some of the things that can go in there but let's dive in let's okay. just hit great where would you like to start uh, lactose intolerance sure or okay so one of the first questions we got was like because we obviously talked a lot about milk grass-fed milk and dairy products in the last episode that we did on this and someone said well what if you're lactose intolerant and first of all, of course, we need to say we're not doctors. We are not prescribing your health plan. We don't know you. We don't know about your health. We are not experts in your body. You are the expert of your body. So we're just simply sharing our experience and what has worked for us. Um, we don't personally have lactose intolerance. We may have a child or two that has some lactose intolerance. And we, we have one daughter who's adopted who doesn't like milk at all. She just can't stand drinking it. Um, so as far as that goes, with the one son that we have who did have an issue with drinking milk, we noticed over time, in fact, it was over a period of years, that he only had the problem when he drank, well, at first we thought it was when he drank pasteurized milk because we noticed the problem went away when we started buying raw milk while living in Europe. So we started getting raw milk from a dairy and lo and behold, when he used to drink milk, he would get a runny nose all the time. Now he had no problem, that went away. So he was able to drink all the milk he wanted. Um, and still does. <laughs> and still does drink a lot of milk. But later we found out that it wasn't just the raw milk, the raw milk definitely helps and raw milk is great. But as long as he drinks whole milk, then he's fine. So it was actually the percentages of milk that was causing the problem. So as far as this goes, but this and, question... And even the grass-fed element, too, it makes a big difference. Well, it does, absolutely. But I'm just trying to break this out in as many layers as possible. So as, as far as the lactose intolerance, I don't know about your specific lactose intolerance, but it is worth considering all these different layers of it. One of them could be maybe the problem is with drinking a percentage of milk instead of drinking whole milk because milk is meant to be drink drinking drunken drunk drink wholly right the whole thing together because it has all of those things together that are supposed to be together and when you separate them out that can start to cause some problems so that's one idea um, and then the other is like you were saying maybe you would be fine with a grass-fed milk that's whole 
as opposed to drinking something that's pasteurized, homogenized, has RSB, RBST in it, all of those things. Maybe that's where part of the problem lies. So it's worth experimenting with some of those aspects. Yep. Um, and then and finally, again, this whole this entire approach, everything that we've um, we've done and do, and and our whole health approach, it has to be holistic. It is the whole person, the whole life. And you know, in this philosophy that everything affects everything, really, you start you start actually compounding problems against yourself when uh, something's off in your body. So let's say, for example, you uh, are drinking soda. Um, that's just stuff is just like liquid poison. And, and the soda is going to have a negative effect on your overall body. And so then the body's not functioning as it could and should. And so then maybe the body is reacts negatively to something that otherwise it some would have... Some other toxin. Yeah, some other, like otherwise it would have been fine, but, but it's, not, it's not functioning in a whole healthy way because it's being slowly poisoned by something else. And so right? then it's responding to the milk in a way and, that it might not otherwise exactly. because of or, that toxin. Or some other thing. It's just like, well, it's, it's this happens and this happens. So it has to be, uh, I just can't emphasize this enough, it has to be a holistic approach. And, and I'm, I'm going to be like, when I say holistic, I mean holistic, all of it, including your emotions. Because uh, the studies are finding that if you get angry, it suppresses your immune system for, for anywhere between 40 minutes to two hours after being angry. So your emotions are affecting your health. And your digestion, of if, course. If you're upset, all yes, and digestion. So if you're upset, really upset, and maybe chronically upset, you're upset a lot. And you might be like eating well and trying to do all the health things, but you're emotionally just, uh, you know, in, um, how do I say this? Dumpster <laughs> you're, fire? You're a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're, all, you're all upset all the time. That's literally affecting digestion and your immune system and all stuff. Your so ability you, to absorb nutrients. Right. All, all of that's being affected. And so it's a big deal. And, and the other side is like, maybe you don't sleep well. You're staying up late, you're sleeping in, you're tossing and turning, whatever, you, you don't have good uh, evening habits or morning habits, that for sure is going to affect your overall health. And so things that you might say, well, it's just been like this, or it's been like this, or is this way it is? Like, well, maybe, maybe it's a, there's an element there of something else in your holistic approach to you and your well-being is is just having this little ripple effect or this cascade effect showing show in random ways. Right. right. That's just one example. Yeah. So that's a good point because if you detoxify and you get clean, then you could start from scratch and yeah. say, oh, okay, maybe I'm not lactose intolerant. It was something else that was causing that problem. So yeah, that's another way to look at it. Like corn, um, corn products are just a waste <laughs> and they're, they're toxic. So and people react to them in crazy ways. So like you remove something like any kind of corn product from your life and, and then a maybe lot of people you can found it like, milk. wow, jeez. Right. Everything. I, I feel better emotionally, physically, all this stuff just because I eliminated junk. Right. So there was one other thing I wanted to mention about the lactose intolerance, and that's a, some research we did many years ago. So again, I'm not sure how updated this was, but 
our oldest daughter who was adopted. She was not breastfed. And we did not want to give her formula, but we had read that giving babies milk when they were like cow's milk when they were young could produce lactose intolerance. And we had read something about giving them goat's milk instead because it had a different protein in there that didn't have the same reaction or cause. I, I don't know all the details, but I'm just saying, I want to throw that out there. That's another thing. Like you could look into yep. goat's milk or other types in, in Mongolia, they drink mare's milk or there's camel's milk. <laughs> That's a little extreme, but you know, look at other types of milk as well. Because they were asking, well, what about a, a substitute? And honestly, like I can't recommend anything else besides real milk. I'm not going to recommend almond milk or soy milk or oat milk, all of those things, because they're just not the same. Now, it's, maybe coconut milk. Coconut milk might yeah, be a good that's option. that's fantastic. It's, yeah. You know, it's good and it's whole. But if you are truly lact, if you do all those things in your experiment and you're still truly lactose intolerant, well, I guess you just don't drink milk. And, you cut that out. And I'm, man, I'm, I, I feel very strongly about the whole soy milk, almond milk, oatmeal. It's just junk. It's not. It is not good for you. Yeah. In fact, I think I would even say it's toxic for you. It's actually damaging for you as opposed to provide like any health benefits it might provide, any nutrition it might provide at all is so negligible that the toxic effects it's having it don't don't make it worth it. So just get rid of that. Um, now the same person did say they can handle eating cheeses and yogurts and so they want to know specifically where do we find them? Where do you get them? And and what I want to say here applies to everything. I think because ultimately we talked about it before like there's levels here and you have to try to aim for the highest level possible but if it's not available you have to then go for the next option so you it's not one or the other it's not grass-fed or nothing right it's levels like what what's the next next best option so obviously if we're looking for milk or not if we're looking for cheeses or yogurts well yeah we want to try and find grass-fed cheeses and yogurts but that's hard to find sometimes we those, do randomly those are find them especially hard yeah to find. they're especially hard to find especially if, you know I've, I've looked for grass-fed sour cream and grass-fed cream cheese like it's hard to find that so then the next best option of course is to just get organic yep. go for that um, or sometimes make your own you know there has been time periods when we've made our own we made our own yogurt we made our own um, mozzarella We've made our own whatever, fill in the blank. So that's another option too, which is obviously more time consuming, but we look for the best. And if you can't find it, then we go for the next level below that. But then even if the organic's not available, like me, my opinion, my point of view at this point in my life, I will still buy cheese, milk, meat that's not organic as opposed to eating a salad. Or buying kale, right? For me, there's still more nutritional value that's there, you know, as far as density of nutrition, as opposed to eating a salad with a seed oil salad dressing on top of it. Like, that doesn't even compare anymore. And I used to be the complete opposite. I'd be like, oh, you know, meat's not available? Great, I'll get a salad with a salad dressing. Now I know that that's, one, not, it's not giving me much nutrition because lettuce and salad and spinach and kale just don't have that much per nutrition per bite and if you were going to eat it i've said this before you should cook it and put a bunch of butter on it and then two if you're putting the salad dressing on it the salad dressing is basically sugar and seed oil which is toxic 
So it's just a toxic mess. <laughs> That's what a salad is. It's a toxic mess. <laughs> so if I don't have, like right here, we're in Turkey. We went shopping. I'm pretty sure nothing we bought at the store was organic. But we bought it anyways because we'd rather eat the meat and milk and cheese than not. And, and what's interesting, again, it, this would take massive amounts of research. And, and as often as we move and from country to country to country, it, this is so challenging. But we do know that the practices in different countries vary drastically. Yes. And, you know, some of just a regular, regular old cow in some other country is going to be far, far more healthier than some cow on a feedlot that's just being yeah. stacked with drugs and, and steroids and grains and all kinds of garbage. Which, you know, we know for sure in Europe that's generally the case because there's a lot of the stuff they give to cows <laughs> and everything else in our food is not even allowed. In, it's FDA approved in the United States, but it's considered cancer causing in Europe and it's not yeah. even allowed. Right. So that's that's one consolation we have while traveling is, that, is, is assuming that the standards are right. very different. This blows my mind. It blows my mind. Like the, the whole like European Union says, no, these these chemicals are like super toxic. We know they're dangerous for health. They are forbidden on our continent. Yes. <laughs> and yet that's like FDA approved normal in the but States. like not only is it okay it's like the majority of practices it's, it's being used like in a right. massive massive amount yeah, it's, exactly. it's insane to me this is crazy That's a whole nother topic though okay um, next question is asking about specifically okay how do you find the stuff which we kind of want to talk about um, and then specifically what kind of snacks and what kind of recipes. But, but let's lean into finding stuff a little bit more. Okay. So obviously there's tons of resources online now. Way, way, way more resources than ever before. Yes. If you're in the United States especially, I mean, this is, this is a plus, you know. In the United States, people are starting to become aware of this. They're realizing what we just mentioned about FDA and all this. And so there's farmers and there's organizations that are trying to change this so when we lived in the united states i would order a lot of meat online and yep. there's butcher box is one of them um of course i can't think of the others at the moment but there's going to be a bunch Things like and, that and you're going you're going to be able to find um like whatever you can organic uh, fruits or um bars even like jerky i mean you can you what we're saying is you can, you have a resource now where they can ship and shipping's getting really affordable and really common and and you're going to be able to find so many things even if you don't live in a place where it's not readily available you're going to be able to find so much online well yeah even on amazon i would and you have to do your research you have to look but you know i would find a lot of things on amazon that would get like you'd mentioned specific grass-fed jerky or yep. grass-fed the meat sticks we would get i would yeah, yeah. we would buy grass-fed jerky at um costco they would have it there and we would get grass-fed meat sticks um oh so this is a good just because i thought of it because i had a cousin once and she's like well i don't buy that grass-fed jerky at costco because it has some sugar in it and i i remember thinking that at one point but then I realized that the nutritional value I'm getting from eating jerky as a snack instead of eating, say, like goldfish, 
right? I don't want the sugar, so I'm going to eat something else. It's worth it in the end. Or I think I'm going to be vegan, so I'm yeah. going to do spoonfuls of Nutella right. instead as a snack. <laughs> well, okay, but like if you're trying to cut out the sugar, I get that. But you have to, you're always going to have to be making compromises. And so in my mind, I've learned to weigh that a little. So if I'm getting some grass-fed jerky, especially if it's going to be a snack for my family, to me it's worth a little bit of sugar they put in it so that my kids are eating jerky that's nutritious and filling and you know nourishing their bodies as opposed to whatever fill in the blank with some other snack kale chips right? I think I think what you're <laughs> there's no sugar but what you're trying to lean into there is like it, it's not realistic or sustainable to seek perfection right we just got to seek high percentages if we can exactly. get 80% 90% of the time eating quality food that's 80 to 90% quality yeah. That's sustainable. Right. Now you don't the, feel like you're, you're going crazy and you only eat right. three things that you exactly. can only find in three places. Yes. No, that's so And you true. don't happen to live near them. <laughs> exactly. You have to make these compromises, but you have to learn how to make the compromises that are working in your favor as opposed to working against you. And to not, and this is the problem that we see a lot of people make, to not use that way of thinking as an excuse. I was just going to go there. Because <laughs> some say, of you will hear that and be like, sweet! I'm getting the Oreos! Oreos. Yes! <laughs> right? It's about making Cause, wise you know, I'm doing I'm doing 80 or 90%. I'm going to sit down and binge on this whole package right. of garbage. It's like, no, 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 no. We, we would never do that. Yes. We we haven't done that in over two decades of being married, and we won't do it. We're just not going there. So don't use it as an excuse of like, well, most of the time we're good, so you you just slam some kind of junk or garbage. Now, don't go there. That being said, I'm going to expound on this a little more because they said, you know, how, what what's it like when you're eating when you're traveling versus when you're at home? And to be honest, when we're traveling, obviously our our diet is less ideal than when we're at home because we have more control of it. I find the sources, they get delivered to my house, you know, all of these things. Like I know exactly where to find everything I want and need. Where when we're out traveling, very often, if the only thing, like the other day we were at the airport, we had, the breakfast at the hotel was pitiful. How shall we say, <laughs> less than edible. Less than desirable. <laughs> And so we hadn't eaten anything. We got to the um, airport. All of these things had gone wrong, including a passport being left at the hotel that had to be brought over. And then we got the, the baggage didn't get dropped off in time. And then we got in the wrong security line and all these things. And so we kept saying, we'll get something to eat when we get in through security. Well, when we got through security at this airport in Istanbul, there was nothing to eat. <laughs> there was no restaurants or anything like we thought. And so the only option was some let's call them gas station sandwiches, <laughs> and that's what we ate. That's not something we would ever choose any other time, but because it was the only option, we ate that. Um, along those lines, back to you know making exceptions, because we also believe in embracing the culture. Because one of the things we do like to do is despite our high standards for our own personal diet, we also don't do it in a way that becomes rude to other people or cultures. Right. So if someone, if we're at someone's house and they offer us something, we're not going to be like, no, we don't eat that. Well, I'm sorry. Hold on, that, but that's within limitations. Within, we still have limitations where there's just certain things I will never put in my body, and then I'll just, I'll very tactfully 
get out of it. Right, but I'm saying because like I, I don't I don't want that to be like well if they offer it I gotta accept it and you're like nah that yeah, violates right. your principles. But let me explain. I'm saying like we would never be like is that grass fed beef? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not eating it unless it is. It that's the type of thing I'm talking about. It's yes. not like we're gonna be like oh yeah we'll have your Oreos. Right. Because you know, and then what I'm I guess what I'm getting at is we also allowed our children to have some Turkish delight, right? We're in Turkey, we've got Turkish delight. But I also told them after we had it, cause they're like, oh, can we get some more? I'm like, this was a couple days later. I'm like, no, we're not gonna be buying Turkish delight every single day just because we're in Turkey. We let you try it. It's not healthy, right? <laughs> it's basically sugar. So we tried it, the cultural experience, it's over, it's done. done. Like, yeah. We're not going to buy it every yeah. day, time we go to the store now because we allowed that one exception. Right. That's what I'm talking about. So you and have to. And they ask for it every time we yeah, go to the store here. And <laughs> and we say no because I explain, we let you try it, but we're not going to get Turkish delight every time because it's not good for us. So we have to understand this about ourselves and not feel like we're stuck in one thing or the other. It's yes or no. It's this or that. It's it's no sugar or this. Like we have to learn to make these compromises, but in a wise way that's flexible and also in the long run sustainable right. and supporting our long-term health. Right, so if you're shooting for 90%, which is really great, that doesn't mean the 10% is just anything. It's, it's still, I don't even know how to articulate this, that 10% of of wiggle room is still has 90% still better than yeah it's still 90% better than all the rest of the crap right so you're you have a wiggle room but it's not it's not anything goes 10% yeah it's still on that scale we talked about last time where you're still trying to be really healthy okay so oh then well back we, we were just sourcing. getting into like sourcing. yeah <laughs> we're sourcing. like where were we so but you're gonna find stores all over the place definitely you look around pay attention I would say definitely because one of the concerns is obviously cost it's going to cost more and then things like going to a local farmer i i suggest getting into that if you have a local farmer that grows or raises you all know, day long good food go there get it and yes it can cost more but i think it's worth or, it or it might cost less i mean if you got to take an hour drive out of town and buy half a beef and and you have to go buy it. You can a, buy it in bulk, yeah. Yeah, you have to go buy a deep freeze and go out find some. Just drive an hour in any direction and it's find a farmer and be like, hey, is this? Is, can I just get one of these right off the pasture here? It's supporting local community. Um, it's supporting real food, food the way we want it done. So every you know we're voting with our dollars, saying this is what we want. We want healthier food in the world. And there's a lot of I've seen farms nowadays that will. You know, they have some sort of program where they can deliver it to your house even. They, you know, you buy half a cow. Yep. You you own part of a cow so you can get raw milk. There's a lot of different options. So it does require you doing some research, but it is possible. It is a reality. And and it is going to be more expensive. You guys have noticed that. Especially if you're trying to do anything grass-fed, it's it's more expensive. And, and Rachel and I were talking about this the other day. Like, yeah, if you if you think it's expensive to eat healthy... You should try being sick. Right, like, exactly. That's expensive. Well, this is this is a very good point that a lot of people don't recognize because this is a whole nother podcast we might do. We 
don't have any health insurance. We have not had any health insurance for 15 years or more. But where we spend our money instead is in our food. So we literally pay more for food, but in the end, I think we pay a lot less than we otherwise would in healthcare because we rarely go to the doctor. We rarely have any health problems or issues. I mean, sometimes it's a cold or something like that. But overall, we're extremely healthy, and I definitely attribute that to our diet. So we're investing. And the holistic thing I was talking about yeah, before. exactly. Like our, our entire lives are healthy. Right, and so that's where we're spending our money instead of, I've heard of people spending $1,000, $3,000 a month just on health insurance, and that's insane. We spend maybe $3,000 a month on our food. Uh. <laughs> I'm trying to think now. I'm like, on a okay, cheap a month. <laughs> All right, so maybe we spend about $3,000 on a month on our food or a little more. But to me, it's totally worth it because we're getting the nutritional and health value and we're not having to spend it in healthcare. Because we don't, we we definitely don't spend anywhere close to that on healthcare. No, not at all. And and I think we, did we mention this in another podcast? Like when we're traveling out and abroad, because people ask a lot and I mean, it's going to come up. So a little, little tangent here on healthcare. Like there's great hospitals, there's great public and private hospitals all over the world. Rachel had to have two minor surgeries while we're in Europe, and while traveling, assumed it was going to be like steep. We're like, oh, this is going to. Well, we knew it would be cheaper than the states, which they had quoted me would be, respectively, one surgery was twenty three hundred and the other was twenty one hundred, and we figured it's going to be less than that, but we didn't know how much. So the one surgery I had was. Less than four hundred dollars, yeah. and the other one was a hundred. It was a hundred bucks, <laughs> <laughs> and and these are highly educated, highly skilled. Like we were in in a nice towns or cities, went to these doctors, high end doctors, and it was like, wow, okay, okay, this is amazing. So, so that's one reason we save a lot of healthcare is because <laughs> it's a lot cheaper outside of the yeah. U.S. It's incredible. Okay, so so you could literally take a trip to. Poland, for example, <laughs> or Austria. We had the, so one in uh, one in Poland, one in Austria, and they're both so much cheaper. You could you could include a trip and get some work done. It's true. Dental or medical, it was incredible. But okay, point let's being, keep going. If you are concerned about the cost of eating better, you honestly need to weigh it against the current cost you're spending on healthcare, on all of the sicknesses and illnesses and diseases your family is dealing with. Because I'm telling you. And this is research, not just our own personal experience. This is backed up. If you get clean and you eat healthy, you're reducing your um, sickness, health, um, illnesses, diseases by, by drastically. You're drastically reducing the likelihood of dealing with those. Again, things. though, we're not making this recommendation for right. you or we're your not, family. Yeah. This is just we're not how doctors. We do things. <laughs> Nor are we insurance, whatever. Like. You got to do your We're thing. We're not anything legal, right? We're just sharing We're just our experience talking. and our research. Okay, so, but you know, I've been able to find grass-fed meat at most major grocery stores, including Walmart, and ironically, yeah, awesome Costco doesn't that? have it. You can get massive amount of grass-fed meat yeah. at Walmart. Right, but I've got tons of my grass-fed roasts and steaks from Walmart and, and ground this, beef. Right, so I would get all of that. Um, I, but the other smaller grocery stores and stuff, you know, 
where we were living in Georgia, it was Kroger and it was, you know, Publix, things like that. They definitely have that in their sections yep. now. They're they're trying to meet the it's, demands it's of the current on. consumer, yep. and this is a thing. So you just kind of have to look for it. And we'll just throw this out there because like, people are asking. There, There's a lot of deception, and they're going to throw all kinds of labels on there that aren't accurate. So so look at the ingredients. Look at look at the things. Try to try to get as accurate as possible. It's it's sad to me that people will deceive. They'll throw at Costco. Like there's all these keto everything says keto on it and <laughs> you look at it and it's like sugar's the first ingredient. You're like that that's Well, it, not exactly cuz keto is not sugar, but they'll put things in there that well, that's are what I'm more saying. toxic. No, that's sugar. what I'm saying. So like, oh, you've seen that? Yes. Oh, yeah. wow. So keto, the whole idea of keto is no sugar. So they're putting like, it's supposed to be urethritol or monk fruit or something that doesn't spike it. And I'm like, oh, keto, whatever. And I look at it, I'm like, it's sugar, like straight up sugar. I'm like, that is just <laughs> outright lie. They put keto on it, counting that people will go, oh, I want keto. And they'll grab it without right. looking at the ingredients. Well, so yeah, because the question is, how, how, are you, how do you know you're not just being fed lies on the packaging? Well, yeah, sometimes you are. And so this comes back to the approach we've taken for over two, almost two decades two decades and that's reading the ingredients yeah. so it takes a little more time you do have to look at it and say oh it says keto but what does it actually have in the ingredients and you need to know what you're looking at and what you're reading we're actually getting good now at least i am it um i can decipher sugar ing- in many ingredient? many languages yes exactly i know how what it looks like in <laughs> turkish now exactly like I, we've done so many languages in the last few weeks of looking at ingredients right. and i can uh, you just start to decipher exactly it's pretty awesome um so and then the question is well what about when you're traveling when we're traveling it's basic i think when we're traveling it's basically that approach we're not going to find perfection we are reading the ingredients for sure and then we're getting the stuff that has more of what we want, less of what we don't want. But then it still comes down to the basics for us. We're still buying meat, mostly beef. And then we're also buying eggs. We buy eggs. We eat so many eggs, it's crazy. And and we eat a lot we're of eggs. We're doing organic or free range. Yeah. And then we'll even test them. Like this time in Turkey, there was four different brands of organic and we're like okay I want to see what these look like so we bought one of each and then we brought them home and we cracked them all into a pan and the way you can tell if it's a really good healthy egg is that the yolk is very dark almost orange if it's light or like yellow no good so we looked them all looked at them all in the pan and we're like okay that one right there that's the best one so now that's the brand we're going to buy while we're here in Turkey because it's got the darker yolks winner winner chicken dinner right there (laughs) Um, we buy cheeses, of course, milk, butter, yogurt. That's Again, really like the staple the of our day. big one with yogurt that I see all the time is most yogurts have stupid amounts of sugar. So in we them. always buy so always, unsweetened well, and yogurt. And then, then you even get the natural ones. So this is where it's also deceptive. You'll, you'll have a whole row of natural yogurts. But it's natural with sugar. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. So it's it's rare. I think there'll be one or two in the whole yogurt section that actually doesn't have sugar in it. So we and always so we buy the one, one without the sugar, and then we sweeten it ourselves with real honey. Yep, raw honey, preferably. Um, honey we've been able to find all over the world. That's a good one. That's true. Honey is everywhere. So we that's another thing. We eat a lot of honey. Um should I go th- over a list of more of the things we eat right now? Sure. Maple syrup. 
which we don't pure always find maple syrup, pure maple syrup, and which we don't always expensive. find everywhere. And it does not exist in Turkey. Right, we could not find it here in <laughs> Turkey. They had something that was maple flavor, but that's you got that's confusing. Maple flavor is not the same as pure maple syrup. And so well, don't they'll even that. say that it'll say maple syrup or whatever. It's like only get the pure pure stuff. Right, um, whipped cream. We eat a lot of whipped cream. We love to put whipped cream in. You say a lot. It's here and there with certain things. I eat whipped cream every time I can because I love whipped cream. I put it in. I put cream in my. And okay, um, let's clarify tea. because some of you will go and be like, "Oh, Rachel eats whipped cream," and so you'll both buy can the canister with the spray, and you're like, Psh, right. "Yeah," and you're like, "Open up your mouth and fill your mouth full of whipped cream." That stuff we, is predominantly sugar. We buy cream. whipping cream, yep. cream for whipping, and then we make our own whipped cream that's usually unsweetened. Yep. In a blender. And then we'll put that on German pancakes. We make German pancakes because that's primarily eggs. It does have flour in it and milk. But it's milk. Again, percentages. It's mostly eggs, milk with flour. That's fine in our book. And we keep the flour to a minimum and we add way more eggs and, and milk. And then we do a lot of eggs in it and then we do whipped cream on it. Um, we also do crepes with whipped cream. I put, I guess, not the whipped cream. I just put the cream into my honey. So every morning, one of the very first things I do is I make myself a cup of tea. It's generally mint tea or a decaffeinated chai tea or a chamomile sometimes it's not even sometimes it doesn't even have a tea bag it will be just honey butter and milk with hot water and that's what i drink every morning so i don't even usually eat breakfast until 10 or 11 because i have tea in the morning and that sustains me until later but i'll put in say a tablespoon of butter i fill it half full with hot water I put my tea bag in, I let it steep, I add a s small spoonful of honey, and then I fill the rest up with milk, and that's I'm good to go. That's something I drink every day. Um, one of Greg's favorite snacks is frozen blueberries with milk. Now, when we lived in Georgia, in the United States, at Walmart, they you had wild, wild, have to get the wild blueberries ones. at Walmart that were naturally sweet, and so we didn't add any sweetener to that, and he just put milk or half and half on them. But we have had some that are bitter, so you could milk, mix in some honey to your... That, it's every once in a while. I, I, we were in some country, and I bought, I'm like, yes, blueberries again. And man, they were bad. <laughs> it was so bitter. I'm like, okay, this one needs some honey. Yeah. Um, we also eat a lot of dark chocolate. But of course, we're getting generally around 70 to 80%. You'll sometimes go 90%. And we're looking for sugar is at least the second or third ingredient. And if it's organic, better. If it's another, you know, yep. cane sugar, even better. Uh, we'll do dried fruit. Although I want, I like to be really careful with this because dried fruit can be like candy in that it can cause the same damage to your teeth. So I don't let my kids just have unlimited access to dried fruit because they'll eat it nonstop and then get cavities. Well, and it really gets stuck in their teeth. And yeah. so you have those, those sugars and the, the food in there stuck so in, in Dried fruit teeth. is literally like a, a treat or a snack or candy for us. Just keep um, it to a minimum. But one thing we like, we love to do is we put butter inside of our dates so we eat dates filled with butter and that's really good because it's the sugar and the fats and in turkey we just found the um like organic dark uh, apricots mm -hmm. the dried apricots the, the unsulfured apricots yep. yeah so if you are the getting orange dried ones fruit, are chemicalized right if you're getting dried fruit you want to try and get things that are unsulfured which means they're not going to be the bright orange 
apricots are going to look darker and maybe they look more disgusting but they're actually better because yep. they have less fewer chemicals same with like mango dried mango and stuff right. like it that. should it should look like it's a piece of dried, dried fruit, out, dried out fruit. <laughs> you're like, Ooh. you want it to look like that we, i think one of the biggest problems is like we want our food to look so good the fruit to look like it didn't grow in nature and <laughs> exactly. so then they they're happy to oblige that and and create these false realities right of chemicals and food coloring and waxes and whatever else um another thing i don't do a lot but i want to do more of because i love the idea of it is cooking your fruit in butter so you can cook your apples or cook like a compote almost mm -hmm. you know it's it's cooked up apples or cooked up pears and you have it with butter or cinnamon that's a good thing um we've also made baked pears that's one of our favorites so we make them at home you just cut the pears in half put them face down in the pan cover it with butter and cream and cinnamon and bake it mm. and bake it it's amazing um charcuterie boards charcuterie boards are an amazing snack because you can throw it out there and it doesn't have to actually be a board you can just throw it out on the counter and but go ahead and get a board boards are fun awesome. anyways right <laughs> And you have all kinds of meats. And this is, you can get so creative with this because if you start looking, there's a lot of different kinds of meats. Now you don't want the, the um, sandwich meat. That's not, That's it's filled with nitrates. It's not good. The better meats are the traditional meats that are and, smoked and cured. And try to avoid the ones that have nitrate added as, it's, as an ingredient. Right, but you know, you can get, um, salamis and and prosciuttos and all of that and then cheeses there's huge variety of cheeses mozzarellas and goudas and havarti and like all kinds yep. of different types of cheeses. and then berries on there too so and then you put some berries yeah. on there and you put some olives on there there's so many pickles. different types of olives and yeah. lots of different types of pickles and so you just get all of these different things and you throw them out there and you just snack from it yep. and if you had that out regularly oh, oh yeah that's good and then you could, if you wanted you could add cucumbers on there you know other fruits so there's a lot of grapes there's a lot of variety that you can do yeah. with the charcuterie board and you know that gets really creative and fun yeah. it was so cute the other day as Rachel was reading one of the questions she's like oh they want someone to know what wanted to know what snacks we eat and our little six-year-old was there standing by and you never know when the kids are paying attention <laughs> listening it was so adorable she's like oh well we eat um mandarins and grapes bananas. and bananas and strawberries and, and blueberries and apples and and oranges and and she just did that it was so cute she named it all these things and i was like that was adorable she's six and she can just pop them off like this exactly. the things we snack on that's what we eat so yeah we definitely have a lot of fruit available for snacks and berries we love berries strawberries we just bought two cases of strawberries here in turkey um, blueberries blackberries all of that is just so good and good for you um, then someone, you know, they were asking about recipes. Well, what, what recipes do you make? And actually on my, I have a different, you, um, not YouTube, Instagram channel or feed that's just my name. It's rachel.e.denning. And at some point I'm planning on doing recipes. Don't like hold your breath for this one. Well, nah, <laughs> it's my plan. When we go to Portugal, that's what I want to do. So if you want to, if you want to see that from me, go there. Rachel.e.denning and leave a comment on what because I have already made a few. I showed making Swedish meatballs. Um, I showed a kefir smoothie. That's another thing. We buy unsweetened kefir and then I make smoothies with them with just fruit, frozen fruit, just and bananas for sweetening. Eggnog, eggnog is another. Oh, yes, that's a great 
thing. I'll talk about the eggnog in a second. Um, but so I have a few reels on there that I already I made a charcuterie board for the Fourth of July that's on that channel. So go leave a comment on one of those saying, yeah, I want to see more reels of recipes to make, and that's something I want to start doing because people are asking, what what do you make? What do you make at home? One of the things, like you said, is eggnog. So in the morning for breakfast, I'll make eggnog or chocolate milk, where it's basically the grass-fed milk. And then I'll actually make it's both because cacao. some of my kids like the eggnog. Again, some people like are going to be like, oh, they have chocolate milk, and yeah. you're going to go buy this right. chocolate syrup no, and squirt it that. in there. It's like, it's not that garbage. Not what it is. So the, the eggnog recipe is basically the grass-fed milk, and then I put in a lot of eggs, raw eggs, because they're good, the pasture-raised eggs. That's what makes it eggnog, right? And I put it into the chocolate milk, too. And then I add the cinnamon, vanilla, mix it up, and then I pour that out for, well, I sweeten it with honey or maple syrup, and I pour that out for the kids that want the eggnog. Then I add the cacao powder, unsweetened cacao powder, to the mix, and then that makes the chocolate milk. And so I can do both. Um, my kids love that and it's it's nourishing because it has a lot of eggs in it a lot of protein so it's great something else one though, thing you mentioned that you would make a roast almost every day right, and we're not traveling and we have a, a uh, instapot I love using my instapot and I would literally make a roast almost every single day so I would buy the grass-fed roast from Walmart and in the morning I just throw in the roast and then I, I there's endless options of things you can do with a roast you, you just eat it plain right which if we're, we're trying to be quick that's what we do we just eat the plain roast it's so good or um, I make enchiladas with it or we make sandwiches with it someone's asking do you eat bread well yeah we will eat bread and we'll eat tortillas but for not us not very much though. well what I want to explain is I try to make it a accompaniment to something it's not the main thing it's not like we're just we're eating the bread or we're eating this it's meant to go with something else where the main part of the meal is the meat and you've got something you know the tortilla with it or something and again we have to keep reiterating this so that you don't go like oh bread's good and then just go buy whatever bread because it's not not all bread is created equal so always look at the ingredients try to buy fresh fresh I never buy bread. the sliced bread you know, like just in a regular old sandwich bread. I always buy the fresh bakery bread. So uh, I go to the bakery section of the grocery store and I get bread there. I, sourdough is great. You know, sourdough is a great option. In fact, oh, when I was in the States, I had a company called Wild Grain that would deliver yeah. sourdough bread yeah. to our house. That was, good. That was awesome. Yep. Um, but and again, you know, we, but I, I personally eat very little bread. Right. And if, if I eat bread, it's an excuse for eating something else like butter or mascarpone or cream cheese. Like bread's not the reason same, for the bread. Same with rice. If we have rice, it's like for me, it'll be a tiny right. bit Some of rice, rice with the roast. With the roast, yeah, right. something like exactly. that. Exactly. So I'll do a roast almost every single day. If we don't do a roast, then we generally do a steak. So we're pretty much eating red meat at least one one major meal per day um, and then in the other meal like breakfast it's basically eggs it's either eggs and eggnog or chocolate milk or it's scrambled eggs or it's a frittata or fill in the blank so it, when you're saying well what do I eat that the question is simple 
then it just remains the creativity of what to do with it. Because you can have, so you can eat eggs. Many examples online now. You, yeah, and you can eat eggs every single day, but you just have to get creative in eating them different ways so it doesn't feel boring. You can eat steak or roast every single day, and if you get creative, it doesn't feel boring because it's new. One of the things I actually love is using French recipes and yep. French cookbooks because French food is really traditional food. It's just normal food. It's roast. It's eggs. It's fruit. It's, it's really farm food. Yeah, it's farm food, but presented in so many varying um options yeah. yeah so many varying options that it that are amazing incredible. right so get a french cookbook or something and start looking in fact we've we done have, that we, we have, have like four or five of them uh julia child's art of french cooking yep. and i reference that a lot for coming up so with a I. new recipe to eat the same thing yep. in a different way okay that's a lot this is like a dump here of information but these are the questions that we're being asked, so we're trying to respond to them as fully as possible. Um, <laughs> when there, there's a comment we get often of like, hey, oh, I, I want to get my spouse on board, or oh, how do I get my kids on board? And there was another one that came in here, like, like another comment came through, it was like, I sure hope I can get my spouse on board. And and I get I get that. It's, it's challenging, and some people will be very stuck in their ways, and and they may not care. They but, love their Oreo. Yeah, they just love it the way it is. They stop every day at, at the gas station and get a huge thing of soda. But just tactfully, with diplomacy, just keep teaching the effects. When We really have to get to a point where we deeply understand what it is and what it does. And, and for the most part, that will work. If you understand that soda is just liquid poisoning and it's just really, really garbage for your health then then that starts help but then some people will be like well yeah i know it's bad for me and i still consume it anyway so now to me i don't i don't get that i like i don't understand that but that gets to another fundamental level of you you have to start attaching it to a deeper meaningful why of like well do you want to live a long high quality life do you want to be there for your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids do you want to enjoy long longevity and an active life you want to be able to really live and I, I know people personally and well who life just kind of sucks. So they actually they really don't, don't care. To. They don't want to live long and healthy and well. They just want to put an end to it. And so they'll do that. So again, it's, that's why this is holistic and matters so much. Like when you genuinely love life and you love your body because your body is your vehicle for life, then you want to take better care of it. And, and it, it affects everything 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 from the the actual capacity of your brain like how intelligent you can be and how thoughtful and clear decision making to um, sex and intimacy and libido to emotions e emotions yeah, big time big time with emotions like a lot of what you're feeling emotionally is very food driven to energy and vitality to to be you know, awake, energizing life for marriage and parenting. I mean, there, there's so much. So find that, the reason, the, the meaning, your why, and and then understand what it does and how it's affecting you, and then it's easier to make these better decisions. Well, and I would say in that holistic approach, in some ways and in some cases, one, p 
people don't eat healthy, this could be your spouse or, spouse or children, because they don't understand fully what's happening. I know that's where I was, especially when I was a teen and a young adult. I didn't know. Never thought about it. So they're, they're ignorant. Two, once they become, once you become cognizant and you still don't, it may just be a lack of knowing how to. Like, I don't know how to choose something different. I don't know how to prepare something different. But once you can Or you have an those, idea that it, the alternative is like nasty or yeah. blah, like, wait, I have to eat tofu? Like, <laughs> I'm out. Right, exactly. But once you, under, you overcome those, then three, the other option might be you just don't care. And for some, this might be something to look into because if your spouse has heard it before and knows and gets it but still doesn't want to, maybe there's something else going on there. Maybe they don't care because maybe there's some deeper underlying issue yep. that needs to be addressed and resolved that would make them want to care about living a longer and healthier life. Yeah. Like you nagging less. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing I thought of too is especially if you are, and this isn't always the case, but if you are a primary manager of the family shopping and meal preparation, well, you have a lot of control there. You actually are the one making the buying decision. Maybe not all of them. Maybe they still stop at the store and get their own stuff. Okay, but if you're buying most of the groceries, start buying better groceries and start preparing better meals. Yes. And especially if they're delicious. Yes. They might complain a little bit at first because they're not. They're used to the cocoa krispies or something, right? But as long you know, that's why I I do things like the chocolate milk and the eggnog because it's something they want but still good for them. And so it makes, and I'm like, you know, eat your frittata. Maybe you don't want the frittata. Eat it and you get your chocolate milk too, right? So you have more control and power over that than you realize if you put in the effort. I also know that if I'm not willing to put in the effort to shop well and cook well, and that doesn't mean I'm making three meals a day. That's not what that means. That the whole family eats better. Yep. But if I get lazy about that and I'm like, I don't want to do that. Well, then we all suffer as a result, yep. myself included. And in the long run, that produces this fatalism of like, well, we don't have any control. It's too much effort. We'll just eat whatever, and then we'll get sick and die. <laughs> right? So you have to care about it enough that you're willing to put forth the effort to make the changes. So fill your – and this, is, uh, this came up with a client. I may have mentioned this before. Where a client was like, oh, he's like, oh, I keep eating candy bars. This I'm like, what? Where are you getting candy bars? He's like, from my office desk. I'm like, who put candy bars <laughs> in your office desk? He's like, well, I get, I get hungry at work, and I just, I'm busy, so I just need to grab something. I'm like, why did you put candy bars in there instead of healthy things? And so right. we cleaned out his whole office desk and filled it. I've done this with multiple clients. Like, fill your desk with good things. And I have clients that are super busy. They're out there on knocking doors. They're salesmen, whatever, coaching clients. And I'm like, and they're like, ah, it's so hard to eat. I'm like, yeah, but with a little bit of preparation planning, you can. It's worth it. Invest in a cooler that plugs into your car and keep healthy meals cool, or invest in one of these heating lunch boxes that heats up your lunch. So when you jump in, you're driving to your next appointment. You actually can eat a steak, or whatever it is you want to get. Right? You can you can do these things and provide these different snacks. We had one. Uh, somebody write in and say, well, you know, my son takes goldfish uh, to basketball practice because he wants calories. So he calories. gets more calories. And, and a calorie is not a calorie, people. Yeah. And, and, you know, the response was, well, why not send an orange or an apple? 
And yeah, the orange or the apple is better than the goldfish, obviously, but it's not nutrient dense. Well, and it to doesn't a teenage, have the the sustaining power right. that a teenage boy needs. To a when teenage he's boy, exerting. they don't want. They might want an apple, but it's not going to sustain them. So what he's really looking for, I think, is is more density yep. and more. I, I would also say he's probably craving fats and salts, yep, exactly. which is why he goes for that. Yep. So he needs something to replace that, like some jerky or a steak or, you know, you got to get creative in different snacks you can have that have more dense nutrition. Um, you've made different power bars that are made from meat. And I'm trying to think now off the top of my head if I had a son at basketball, but like, I guess the jerky is the first one that comes to mind. Like, I'd be getting that jerky and giving him those types of options of things to take. Because yeah, if you're like, hey son, you should take an apple instead, he's gonna be like, what? What, what am I gonna do with this apple? It's not gonna sustain him, yeah. It's not gonna be enough. Okay, um, I think that answered most of the questions. There was another one about grains versus meat and eating meat sparingly. I liked what you said about storing. I'm sure what you said with me before about storing. Cause Grains, they do. They last so, yeah, for was, 20 years. Someone was asking about food storage. Like if you're trying to store food, how do you store meats and milk and all of that? And we've thought about that ourselves. Um, so grains, they're certainly something that are valuable to store because if push comes to shove, worst case scenario, like I've told Greg, like if it's between eating... <laughs> not eating and eating grains. Yeah, I'm gonna eat grains. Me too. I'm not gonna die. Load them up. <laughs> <laughs> right? So if you're in a survival type situation, great. Have some grains for food storage. Have um, legumes, whatever else. Like well, and store obviously that stuff. soak them like, like was well, mentioned. Okay, well it, that's a... It makes them better, right? Soaking them overnight makes them better. But, but yeah, that's survival food. Right, so that's another thing because the question also included talking about soaking grains, making it, which makes them more, I think the word they use is bioavailable. So that is true. And in fact, in the Nourishing Traditions, there's a book called Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon, I think. And then also I've read in the Dental Diet, if you're going to eat grains, you should be soaking them or fermenting them because it does, it actually gets rid of the phytic acid. That's why sourdough bread is better than normal bread. Sourdough pancakes, especially, or also, um, it gets rid of the phytic acid and it does make it more absorbable by your body. So soaking is a great idea if you're eating grains. Now, that being said, if you're st if you're looking for pure nutritional value, you're going to get more from a steak than you are from some grains. And then the other part of the question was like, well, grains are more abundant on the earth and cows are less abundant. Well, that depends. I mean, the only reason grains are more abundant on the earth nowadays is because of monoculture and fertilizer, which is extremely damaging to the planet. And to the actual food. And to the food itself. So, you know, yeah, it's more human beings it's like, used to hunt animals and eat primarily animals. That's what sustained us. Now, at some point, we started becoming farmers, we started growing grains because it became more predictable and sustainable. Instead of chasing animals around and trying to find where the herd moved, you could stay in one place, you could build a house, you could plant your, your um, wheat, and you would have food to last 
all year, well, through the winter, you know? So it became a more predictable structure, but that doesn't mean that's how we started out, and it doesn't mean that that's naturally more abundant than the other horse. Does that make sense? It just made me realize I want to have a small elk farm. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise some, some beef, obviously. And some bison. And some bison, yes. Yes, I'm getting the vision right bison. now. Bison, some, some, I want a big bull. I've always wanted a big bull. <laughs> I'm going to have some cattle. I'm going to have some bison. I'm going to have some elk. Yep, that's it. Got it. It's going to be This has amazing. been a random thought by Craig. <laughs> okay, should we so, hit the medical stuff at the end here? Yes, you would. Yes, you want to hit your medical okay. stuff. Let's I just want to show this real quick. So um, it, it, I'll just do it quickly. I'll just do it really quickly. Um, these are just some things I think everyone should have readily available because you never know when something, some little bug, something comes around that you're going to need something. It's better to just have it handy and, and as, part of your, as part of your storage, uh, I would have this. So some acetaminophen, which is basically like Tylenol, ibuprofen. This is over-the-counter stuff. Just have some of these things. Get an over-the-counter allergy. Get an over-the-counter anti-diarrhea. Um, get some... We for our kids, our little kids, the children's chewable acetaminophen. This is, is stuff really we great. travel with. Yeah, we, we travel with this in a kit. We have a small kit, we have it divided into this. We carry activated charcoal. That stuff is awesome for any gut issues. We love garlic capsules and turmeric capsules. Uh, high quality vitamins D, C, and A. Um, and ma again, make sure your quality, they're, they're selling any anything that's chewable is just mostly junk and sugar and garbage. You can look at the ingredients and look at the quality stuff. They're, they're selling you all kinds of garbage that supposedly it's masquerading as a vitamin, which it's not. There's hardly any vitamin in it. Uh, we also love grapefruit seed extract, which is really good for upset stomachs. And papaya seeds. Um, and then we load up on vitamins at the first sign of any illness, right? And, and really just hit that hard. Plus we do we do supplements um, for beef liver and other beef organs. You get, again, or grass-fed, organic, and take those Which supplements. You can get a can lot of nutrition. Which we buy at Walmart or on Amazon. Yep. Um, yeah, so back to this idea really quick. So while we're traveling, or anytime, we're at home too, at the first sign of any of us having sniffles, a headache, a whatever, upset stomach, anything, any sign of any illness at all, we pound the vitamins. So right away, I'm giving them tons of vitamin C, tons of vitamin D, tons of um, garlic, because garlic is antibacterial. Um, turmeric, turmeric's great for anti-inflammatory. Anti so I basically just flood their bodies with all of these vitamins, and that either prevents it from happening, or if they still get sick, it, it reduces the time they are sick. So that's an approach we take along with overall healthy eating. Yep. That's okay. our healthcare approach. Hope this is helpful, you guys. Remember, it's a holistic approach. Let's try to get every part of your whole life and being dialed in and you can enjoy a healthy, long life. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Reach upward.